0: Follow my lead, everyone follow us. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Please. That's the way to go. Please, we're desperate. No, I'm kidding. We're
1: followable.
0: We are followable. I think so. Uh Uh How are you? I'm good.
1: Did I'm recover good?
0: yet? I have. What we're talking about is our trip to New York City we unexpectedly took. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. We were able to go out and see two movies. The premieres, one was a world premiere and that was for Don't Look Up with Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio and a few other people. Di- you okay. Di- 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 yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also saw Maggie Gyllenhaal's film, um, The Lost Daughter, with the two stars from that film as well. So we had a Packed weekend, absolutely packed. And we ran intervals, your favorite thing to do, in Central Park. And we only walked 12 miles that day. Wow. Yes, I know. on
1: Monday it was 12 miles. And Couldn't I stayed up it.
0: until 1 a.m.
1: Those New Yorkers, they must have the strongest legs <laughs> per capita of any Don't they population in, of a city in the country. Did that, you I'm, feel
0: I'm, like you walked 12 miles that day? Only when I stopped. Yeah, yeah. When we
1: got on the airplane, you know, yeah, you and I day. just were... No, but we, when we got on the airplane... You
0: know, right. Uh, yeah. That was the next. Day. Oh
1: well, okay. <laughs> if you say so. But <laughs> it yeah, we were it caught up to both of us.
0: Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. Uh, fun time though. We can't wait to share everything with that. In fact, don't look up. Opens up this weekend. Do you want to talk about that one a little? If better?
1: you want to, I'm following uh, your lead. I okay. guess. <laughs> let's
0: let's just briefly go over that well, because most people aren't going to get a chance to see that unless they have a theater in town that is associated with Netflix or and or not associated with AMC. Right. Um. And I'm lucky enough. I live in a very small town. Bourbonnais, which is near Kankakee, Illinois, and our classic cinemas is going to be showing Don't Look Up. Highly recommend seeing this apocalyptic, hilarious movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a fine line that you walk. I mean, it's very much like Dr. Strangelove, dealing with an incredibly serious uh issue but in a comic way if you can believe it and and the one thing i couldn't believe is that this was written before the uh, pandemic crazy and uh you know the focal point i mean the metaphor is a comet that is headed towards earth going to destroy us all and it's a metaphor for climate change i thought it was about COVID, but i mean when you have an administration that bumbles and handles every serious uh issue Uh, incompetently, it's interchangeable.
0: Right. Well, and that's one of the interesting things when we went to see this movie the next day we were able to go to a press conference where Adam McKay, who is the writer and director of this film, was able to talk with us about the making of the film and the fact that when he wrote this, again, I'm going to emphasize pre-COVID, he wrote it so that it was really ridiculously over the top. Well, he had to change it somewhat because that ridiculous over the top attitude was actually reality. Mm -hmm. So he had to bump it up a level to make it a little bit more extreme and even that there are so many things that ring true in this yeah
1: it didn't seem extreme to me
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see what people i i loved the movie i loved the message that it sent um although i watched it again last night with my husband and i had nightmares last night because of the climate change and it actually angered my husband watching it because i think the tagline is something like um based on potentially true events yeah or something becoming like that. more and more true yeah. every day it really is so he he found it angering even though there were some funny parts um but i i loved it because i think we really all should look up open our we eyes should look
1: up but this isn't going to change anything i mean i told you that on rotten tomatoes this is trending at 58 percent as rotten and when you start to read the negative reviews you can see the politics of the writers who are slamming this. And I'm, these are
0: critics. This is not trending for, like, this is everyday people, or is this... No, this is
1: critics. Critics. These are the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, yeah. You know, not all critics can see things, you know, through this perspective of... Uh, Interesting. common sense, uh, you know, so uh, you see that as well. So take, if you consult Rotten Tomatoes, and why should you when you have us, right. but if you do, <laughs> uh, take that rating with a grain of salt and don't don't look up, it, as Pam says, it's something we should all see uh, in theaters, some... Uh, today but then on Netflix on the 24th of December and right. we'll be talking about this more once we get to end of year stuff
0: I think. Yeah and and let's talk more about Kate Blanchett and Mark Rylance as well as Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep. Oh my gosh it's just amazing.
1: Yeah Tyler Perry.
0: Oh and Ty- Mr. Perry as Mr. I'm yeah, supposed to call
1: supposed him. Call him. Uh, Ron <laughs> Perlman. Uh, yeah the cast just goes on and on and on and, and it was a lot of fun. Oh and your favorite Timothy Chalamet.
0: I loved him in this. He was great. I impressed. did. This is perfect for him. Perfect casting. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. But let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, let's let's stick with Netflix for, for a second and talk about Unforgivable. Unforgivable. The Unforgivable. Man, I am really having a speech problem today. The Got peanut unfor- butter on the top here. <laughs> Apparently something.
1: <laughs> the Unforgivable.
0: I should have done Kate Blanchett's character's uh, Breeze uh, tactic as far as going right. on the air. Uh, I needed a couple cocktails before I came on. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Anyway, sorry. (laughs) The Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock. Uh, It's on Netflix, I think, starting this week. Boy, this movie, I was, you know what? I didn't, I liked it more than you, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't recommend it. It just, it's, there's so many moving parts here. Too many. Way too many. And by the end, it just becomes borderline ridiculous. And if you said it was ridiculous, I really couldn't argue with you. But, you know, this is based on a TV series, and an English TV series, 10 episodes. And over the course of 10 episodes, all these things that we see, I think would be more plausible. Okay. If they develop more slowly, if you see the characters grow, if you feel as though a sense of time had taken place. I think things would, have me- would mean, you know, seem more grounded. Okay. Here it seems just contrived. This totally. whole thing. Uh, Bullock plays a woman uh, who's just been released from prison. She's killed a police officer. She's served her time. And, of course, she cannot pick up the threads of her life because she's branded as a, a cop killer. <clears throat> uh, she has a lawyer, Vincent D'Onofrio, who's going to help her try and get contact with her sister, who's been adopted by another couple.
0: The sister is significantly younger than her, we should say. Right,
1: yes, we should say that. Uh, D'Onofrio and his wife, played by Viola Davis, live in Bullock's former house where this murder took place. They don't know that, though. (laughs) And then (laughs) there's the two sons of the cop who was killed who are pissed that she is out and are conniving to... Get her. Uh, And then there's a couple other revelations I'm not going to (laughs) go there with.
0: My eyes are crossing right now. That,
1: like, you know, one of them I could accept. Okay. The other I couldn't. Right. And and a movie can only sustain, I think, one big twist. If you start piling them on, you're like, oh, give me a break. Right. Just give me a break. And that's where this movie ends up. I thought the performances were good, but, Mm -hmm. boy... It's, it's just too much to take.
0: It, it is. It's way too convoluted. Um, I never bought Sandra Bullock as this character.
1: Yeah, I know you didn't.
0: Yeah, I really struggled with that from start to finish. She never won me over. She she was not credible to mm-hmm. me. So right there, I'm out of the film. So yeah, because it's you all her. A, if you have a convoluted script on top of that, it's it's tough to make it all the way through.
1: But everyone else, I mean, the supporting cast again is mm-hmm. very good here, and we didn't mention John Bernthal, oh,
0: who yeah. continues yeah. to do
1: really good work. I mean, he's yeah. come so far from The Walking Dead, and The Punisher. He's doing a lot of different things now. He plays Next Convict, who gets involved with her, and it's a, it's a you know you, you compare this to what he does in King Richard. It's, I know. You know, night and day. But that's what they do. Yeah. They act. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Unforgivable.
0: It's Unforgivable.
1: <laughs> yeah, boy, talk about setting itself up for failure
0: with that title. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the titles of reviews out there, yeah, you know? Yeah, hope, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got another one coming out. We've got West Side Story. <coughs> mm-hmm. And I. this one is very near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. West Side Story is some a, a musical that I grew up with that I've always loved. Our kids, we had them watch it when they were younger. They is it loved, a rite of passage? It must be. They they watched it. They love West Side Story. Um, we probably watch it once a year, if not more. We, you know, have gone to the sing-along thing. We, yes, I sing along, which is a really scary thing to Just It's weird. No one's around to, me.
1: Do, do, you, do you sing along when you watch it at home with the kids? Oh,
0: yeah, you so better I do. So I call
1: child service.
0: The kids that, are that, adults now. They, uh, they can well, handle themselves. But they've been
1: scarred, you know, years previously. So.
0: so when I heard that this was getting remade, I thought, oh, my gosh. And then I heard it was getting remade by Steven Spielberg. And then, oh, my gosh. And then Ansel Elgort was going to star. And they, oh, my gosh, what are they doing here? Well, they did it well. They did it right. Ansel Elgort is spectacular in this role. And he is getting a lot of heat saying he's the weak link. And I totally disagree with that. He starts off a little stiff. But, man, he comes right into it. And he's got a great singing voice. And he can dance. And this is key. This is what makes him different than the original Tony character. Um, I don't remember the guy's name. That George Thank you. No, he, he can uh, act. Mm-hmm. Ansel Ebert can act, and he did. Um, We also have a real actress and singer and dancer that plays Maria, and that was not the case. We don't have Marnie Nixon to to dub. Yeah, Um, and she does an amazing job as well. What's her name? Her name is Rachel Zegler. Um, Great performance from her as well. I think she's going to have a fine career ahead of her. This is a groundbreaking first role for her. I believe she has been cast as Batgirl. Seriously, mm-hmm. oh my god! I'm gonna look at it. I alive. think that she has been cast as Batgirl. Man, yeah. what a career she's gonna have! Yeah, it's,
1: well, you mentioned that, and that, and that clipped with me. But okay, yeah, uh, she's she's on her way.
0: Wow! And then uh, the uh, Spielberg takes some liberties with this. He does change some things. It made me think a little bit more of the stage production of. West Side Story where they changed the order of a couple of scenes and he also took the liberty of placing some of the songs in some different settings and it works. Everything works really well and you still feel in many ways like you're watching a Broadway production so it doesn't take away from from the theatrical aspect of it either. Production value on this is extraordinary Um, and it was kind of fun too. We were just at Lincoln Center Mm -hmm. so it was fun to see the very first shot in West Side Story is of the slum area and a drone shot coming in and showing the slums, making way, getting getting crushed, demolished, making way for Lincoln Center to be built. So that was kind of fun. The one weak link to me, and I think I'm the only one that thinks this, Mike Faced plays riff. It's miscast, but to his credibility. I don't think anybody could live up to russ Hamblin probably not he was extraordinary and that's way too high of a bar to set for anybody overall i think it was an amazing film and everyone's going to have fun with this if you enjoyed the very first one i think he actually made it a smidge better mm-hmm.
1: rachel Ziegler, just to correct she's yes. not going to be in Batgirl. she will be snow white ah. in disney's live action remake of snow white and the seven dwarfs and she's also in the shazam sequel but leslie, when's this the
0: shazam sequel
1: 2023 yay leslie grace the young lady in in the heights she's been cast oh in Batgirl, so that's okay I got okay mixed up there.
0: okay okay two yeah. young actresses making it in musicals and on to and other, other things, things. yeah yep. exactly right what else do we have
1: what did you think uh what about come on come on
0: yeah come on come on
1: come, Give it come up. on it's it's yeah I, I i like this movie uh i don't think i liked it as much as you but it's definitely a charmer uh, Mike Mills, the guy who did Beginners, where uh, Christopher F- Plummer finally won his Oscar.
0: And 20th Century Women.
1: 20th Century Women, yeah. another film I liked with the, uh, Annette Bening. Um, here he's got Joaquin Pena, uh <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been an incredible sight to see. Uh, not walking penis, but walking Phoenix. Hey, who's the one who needs a couple of drinks before we go on? I think we need to do shots before going yeah. go in the air here. Hey, there's our, there, there's our angle. Yeah. Shot movie reviews or something like that. Thank you. Okay. Oh, boy. We're a little punch drunk. <clears throat> yeah, a little without bit. Without the drinking. Yeah. But he got Phoenix to act normal. And he that did. in and of itself is something. I know, right? And I he, met
0: him. A little bizarre. Yeah, he
1: plays a documentary filmmaker. He's in the, uh, in the middle of this huge project in which he and his uh, colleagues are interviewing kids, preteens, teens uh, about asking them what they think the future's going to be like. Uh, and Mills did those interviews for real. And those are threaded throughout the film. And they're the best part of the movie
0: they're incredible i don't think they're the best part i think they really augment it well and i love how that's woven into the story and it's beautifully done
1: well i had problems with the, the, the story did you it just seemed very contrived i mean how many times have we seen this phoenix's character gets a phone call from his uh strange sister uh played by gabby hoffman who i've never liked i've never but I liked, liked her either her. yep. she's here asks him to uh watch her son his nephew who he has not seen in two years. And he's a precocious 10-year-old who, of course, makes his uncle, you know. uh, Drives him
0: crazy. Drives
1: him crazy, but it also puts him his, uh, gives him a new perspective on his life and changes him for the better. Come on, we've seen that story before. Um, So I wish the story were a little bit more original, but uh, the kid's great. His name is Woody Norman.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, And uh, he's just got that genuine feel. You don't Mm -hmm. catch him acting at all.
0: I don't know how he, Mike Mills got those performances and captured that because you're right. nothing feels like it's scripted everything feels like it's genuine Fly on the wall it does it definitely does I think that story has been done before but what story hasn't I think I know. this is done in an original way by weaving those other stories into those interviews and that's
1: why I think those are the strongest parts of the
0: film but we connect ourselves with each of those two main characters, the Joaquin Phoenix character as well as Gabby Hoffman, who neither actor do I like any other performance they've ever had in anything I think, and I really enjoyed the reality of them and being able to connect with them. And there's there's one scene in New York City where what what is Joaquin's name in the film? I can't remember. Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, Joaquin's character loses the kid. He turns around for one second that and he loses the twice kid. Yes, and. Uh... Have you ever done that?
1: Yeah. We were at the circus. Turned around. <gasps> Where's
0: Nathan? Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and they did a great job of capturing. He does a great job of capturing, capturing that panic
0: oh my god that yeah.
1: suddenly is in your stomach and oh god what do i do it's right like johnny in the film
0: right and I, and I think also we have this romantic idea of what it's like to be a parent i remember watching my niece and thinking oh i'll be a wonderful mother someday and this isn't this cute i took her to the cubs game and i took her to all these yeah, other it's things different downtown. being an aunt and it is <laughs> different being yeah. an aunt and he realizes when he takes on more of a father role what the responsibility is of being a parent and i think that was beautifully portrayed that it's difficult. It's one of the toughest jobs in the world, and I love their conversations between the brother and the sister, and he realizing and sharing how difficult it is to be. Yeah,
1: he figures her out.
0: Not just a parent, but a mother trying to balance everything else.
1: I wish I had seen this before we had gone to New York for *The Lost Daughter*, and the press conference with Maggie Gyllenhaal, because I think in some ways *Come On, Come On* does a better job of showing that. The sacrifices of motherhood yeah. and parenthood, and yeah. what it does to you, right. and how it's a double edged sword. Yes, there are those moments of pure elation and right. absolute magic, and then there's those moments of questioning what have I done, and right. what about me. Uh, You're right,
0: I think Kaman Come On, Kaman Come On shows that better roller coaster ride yeah. of that. I think um, the lost daughter just the goes the event. negative. Yeah,
1: and that's the after yeah. effect, too. But, yeah, it's all negative there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, something's in the water for this to be uh, basically the main theme of both of these films. Right. Uh, and I like this one better as far as that was concerned. Yeah. Uh, but while well doing I love the black and white cinematography in Come On, Come
0: On. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was visually striking. It was It was captivating from the very beginning. It was beautifully it done. we had three films in the last month. And you know what? Um, what, are the, what is the third one? Come On, Come On, Belfast and? Macbeth. Oh, gosh, yeah, The Tragedy of Macbeth. That's coming up pretty soon yeah i can't
1: wait to talk Um, about
0: that yeah three spectacular films that are really going to garner i think a lot of awards
1: well i've been making and i just came up with my first draft of my best of list and cinematography and production design i've never had an easier time filling out those categories costume makeup uh there are just some front runners there and tragedy of Macbeth is right there with all that stuff as well as the drama of the whole thing
0: right right cool All right, I think we're going to wrap it up. We've got to go on the air for WCIA, and you can check out our reviews online on our Facebook page as well as our website.
1: More to come because it is the busiest time of the year. we got a ton. Actually, I think we could say we have a shit ton of movies to talk about. (laughs) So we'll be coming back to you probably next week and maybe the week after, but a lot to get through.
0: All right, take it easy.